Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hey everyone, I'm Edwin Frondozo and thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast. Welcome back and I hope you are having a fantastic day. For those who are new to the show, hello. Thank you. Really grateful for you that you're taking the time to check us out. Today, this is episode number 49, and I'm really excited to share the conversation I had with Ben Baldwin. Ben is the co-founder of Scale Driver, an innovation building system for Fortune 500s, and of the Founder City Project, a peer community of 500 plus founders and teams trained to support each other, solve problems, and attract talent. Being a thought leader in business and entrepreneurship, Ben has been profiled in the Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Inc. Magazine, and in Toronto Life as one of Toronto's 20 most brilliant tech innovators. In our conversation, we talk about being useful, always learning, and living with a regret minimization framework. Today's episode was sponsored by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in. And as always, sending love to my media partners, IT World Canada. Here we go. Hey, Ben, uh, welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Edwin. Great to be here. If you could just introduce yourself to the listeners out there, tell them a little bit about yourself and perhaps who you are when you're not growing and leading businesses. <laughs> I wish there was more um, at the moment, more balance. So <laughs> who I am outside of that. So I'm Ben Baldwin. I have uh, two daughters. One is four and a half years old, actually four and three quarters. She would correct me every time. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, totally. The other is one and a half, uh, one dog who's five years old and one wife. I won't give you her age. Um, and that's, that's, that's my package. Um, and I actually, I started with my family because, you know, to your point, I, I probably work too hard. I've, I've started for companies, but I wonder often why I keep punishing myself like that. And I realized that it's because I love learning. And in particular, I love learning about people because I'd probably say I didn't inherently understand people, you know, throughout life. I've uh, been a bad judge of people at some point. So mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. people really fascinate me and it's sort of, it's always relevant to whatever you do. So with my daughters, like I love learning um, in particular, the, my elder daughter, I love learning how she learns and with my life, sorry, with my wife, I love learning, um, like from a completely honest, different perspective, uh, a lot of very frank things about myself. And with the work that I do, I love learning how a few simple things can make a, a huge impact, like with a big enterprise client or with a, um, a founder. It's, it's funny how simple some things can be and how they can change people or pivot people's lives. Um, so I become kind of, fascinated with that, how little things can impact, um, make big impacts in people's lives. 
you mentioned the companies or the projects that you're working on. Uh, it was the Founder City Project, Scale Driver. I'd love for you to share with us those projects, what your current role, what your current role is, and and perhaps what you're trying to accomplish over the next twelve months. Yeah. So um, my role. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I started with. Scale driver. So, scale driver is a um, a system for big company executives, really, who want to build innovation as opposed to just buy or invest in it. So, we have a system that helps them better predict their innovation success and speed it up without having to change their culture. So, um, my co-founder in that business is is um, is Mike Shaver. So, Mike has helped to scale. Um, organizations like uh he's on the founding team mozilla um facebook mobile so there's some patterns that he's experienced and that i've experienced through um connecting with other innovators that have grown founded and grown companies like priceline and, and linkedin there are some patterns that um people don't really talk about that are pretty pretty interesting and pretty basic and so we share those patterns and help executives at big companies Sort of build their own innovation as opposed to feeling like they're playing catch up. So that's scale driver. It's really interesting because it's helping to do the little things again that make it very easy to sort of change a change a career. If you're an executive and you've been banging your head against the wall, you know, even trying to define what innovation is, when we would define it as kind of um, it's no longer about navigating constraints. Innovation is about breaking constraints, but so how do you do that within a culture that um, at any big company is built to navigate constraints? Like you go to do your MBA or <laughs> shareholders want you to navigate constraints, be profitable. So how do you create a system to break constraints? So that's what we do and we make it pretty simple and we de-risk it, um, this process of building and thinking of and communicating about innovation. So it's pretty exciting, but it's 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 actually hard to find uh, companies that, that really are committed to building innovation because it actually is so hard. So it's kind of this um, catch 22. So that's scale driver. And then the founder city project is uh, it sort of, it, it, it was born from the forum group that I'm in with founders. It started at, you know, with about six people. And we, we sort of have this, um, this peer group with a high degree of confidentiality and we um, share difficult challenges that we're working on. So it helps from a business sense. It also helps from that isolation sense. So having a peer group removes that isolation, especially if it's a confidential one where there's stuff I could probably couldn't share with, um, you know, my board or stuff I couldn't share with my employees or my co-founder. Who do I talk to? Do you live with it and just sort of mm-hmm. lose sleep? So that's where peer groups really important. And then you know, from a, from a business perspective, I think peers are forgotten because, uh, you know, they're, they're ill-defined. So there's lots of training around how to sell or pitch, you know, in an upward direction and then how to manage in kind of a downward direction with, with employees, like how to be a better manager. But the most influential relationships, like not just socially, but at work, like peers are more influential than bosses, but there's really no program that helps you that that trains you on how to do that properly so i kind of stumbled upon that and so we started with founders um we've grown in the last 
you know, just under two years from like six founders to that's almost 700 founders. If you can believe it, it's pretty crazy into employees. And it's really strengthening those peer relationships because there's a different level of accountability to your peers. There is a, um, your peers can help you solve problems. They can help you feel less isolation. And it's an incredibly powerful part of your life that most people don't know what to do with. Like they've never really unlocked it. So that's what's driving me and why I'm way too busy these days because it's pretty cool, like helping executives innovate and that changes their lives, makes, you know, helps them uh, secure what they do in the world. And some of them are really worried. And for founders and for their employees to help them become more successful and actually more happy at the same time through these peer relationships and peers help you succeed at your work. So we've kind of found these two different systems that that work incredibly well. And I'm just trying to keep up with them. When I look at your career, Ben, I mean, you're both an executive, you're a business leader, you're also a founder, entrepreneur. I mean, you're scaling, you've scaled companies. So it almost makes sense that you're bringing back this wealth of experience through these projects, through these companies. So I'd love to get you to share with us some of the key turning points that you encountered and perhaps the decisions you had to make that eventually allowed you to grow as a business leader. Well, I think one is the just be useful thing because mm-hmm. I couldn't shake it. Like I really couldn't shake it. The other that I've discovered and it's, it's been built into what I am doing with the founder city project is figuring out which priorities to focus on and tackling them in a sort of, in serial as opposed to parallel. So one after the other, I personally find it really hard to do that. So Mm -hmm. like when I'm, when we're teaching people how to do that, it makes it, it makes it easier for it to kind of sublimate into my system. But I found that the most effective growth oriented people are able to isolate what the real problem is. Like Elon Musk will call it like first principles or whatever it may be, but isolating really what you should be working on. And then, tackling that and having real focus on on that i don't know if you've you reached out to um certain people you know are super productive they call it like saying no to stuff or mm-hmm. being really focused but really isolating what the most important thing to work on is 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 pretty is pretty important um so that's that's been a i wouldn't say necessarily a turning point but i've realized that that's pretty key and and then it's just i don't know i think just be useful was really um, really helpful. But I think that outside of work, just in life, I think of myself as, you know, 60 looking back. And it's really funny. I just watched an interview with Jeff Bezos, Ray Dalo sort of thinks this way too. They look at their life backward. Jeff calls it this uh, regret minimization framework, I think. <laughs> but I just yeah. think, I think exactly the same way. I think like, what do I regret I mean, what would i regret if i were 60 looking back on my life like what do i wish i could do and it's harder to do I mean, it's easier to talk about than actually do but that framework has been really helpful for me and that's why you know just be useful fits in there so well like i mean if i'm in touch with like you think about the power of those two things if i'm in touch with you know it's it's growing but let's just say it's 500 700 founders it's it's bizarre that I actually have so many conversations with these awesome people who are making stuff and don't have any time, right? Mm-hmm. It's valuable to me from two perspectives. First, being useful to people who I really care about. And the second piece is like, if I look back at life, like who 
who do I find the most interesting? Like if I made a relationship with someone, which relationships interest me the most? And, and do I want to sort of get into a little bit more? And that's these founders or these innovators. If you're at a big company, you're, you exhibit a lot of, and you're an actual innovator in a big company, you exhibit a lot of the same traits that these founders do. So getting into the creator's mind is really important to me rather than being the creator myself, because I have a problem with like, as soon as something works, I'll take it apart and rebuild it. So I've learned that, you know, if I look back, what do I like doing the most and actually doing it is working with people who are innovating big companies or innovating for their life, literally in, uh, you know, their own organization as a founder or as employees within these organizations. That's what I think about with that, with that framework. Those two pieces are the most important. I'd like to change, change gears a bit, Ben. Um, really want to just dig deep because I know you've scaled, you know, looking at your past, you've scaled companies, a number of them. And I wanted to talk about a time at ClearFit when you raised, you did a raise about seven million. You're part mm-hmm. of a raise there, Series A. But I understand it. There were actually some challenges specifically around your workforce. As I think it tripled at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you share with us how you're able to overcome this phase? For sure. Um, it's really hard. Like you get a big check and people expect you to spend money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you spend it on? Do you spend it on um, marketing? Do you spend it on, well, you know, you have to spend some of it on people. And then your board who just gave you this money, um, your new board, <laughs> they want you to spend it because it gave it to you for a particular purpose. And sometimes as you start spending it, you realize, ah, we should have done something differently. So I think one of the hardest things to figure out is, and I mentioned it earlier, is like what, what it is that you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, what do you do first? Like what's your job? Like what are you responsible for? And what problems are you solving? And then have that same type of discipline with your uh, with your employees as opposed to you know getting more money, which creates pressure or sometimes a little bit it can be a little bit confusing because you can buy stuff and the really important thing is not you know trying hard together which is i think what happens to some companies you feel a little bit more pressure so it's sort of like let's just work harder or spend more money or try harder it's like what are the the discipline to do the right things in the right order um not just say that you have okrs like as an example or objectives or whatever it is that you use at your company, but like what clarity around, um, and being able to articulate your number one priority at any given time Mm -hmm. that would have helped us a lot. So for each person, like for each person being able to work with their manager and figure out what it is specifically that they're working on, because I think that we overlapped a lot and we're all trying to sell stuff through the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So like, what are you being hired to do? What's, you know, how are we all working together? But like, what are you doing? Um, and how does your contribution, how do you articulate what you're able to contribute so that you can go and accomplish it and move on to your next thing? Like spending time thinking about that as opposed to doing it, like 80% preparation, that we could have done a lot better. So do you, do you think that it came with the pressure with the money that you had to speed up things and make quick decisions without the lack of planning? And that, and we didn't have an org chart. Okay. <laughs> there are a whole bunch of different things. It's like, here's some money. And then you go like, Woo-hoo! and then you realize, Oh, we got a lot of stuff that we need to do. And then 
you know, board meetings and you don't realize that like a lot of companies, successful ones that are working with these, you know, more structured boards, they spend like 20% of their time working with their boards. Your job changes as, as a leader. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that when you take money, it's not just like it's, it, you become a, your job changes. So d- managing that properly, um, that we could have done better. I'd love to get maybe some final thoughts, uh, observations, and ideally what I, we, we want to share on the podcast is actionable recommendations uh, for any growing business leaders who are listening out there today. I would say, so if you are someone who wants to build innovation as opposed to buy it or invest in it, what would I say to you? Mm-hmm. I would say that there is a way <laughs> to, um, there's a, I don't think people solve the right problems. Okay. So what I would say is, I mean, some people call it first principles, you know, easier said than done, like find out what you want to solve. Elon Musk is very good at just solving the right problem. I think what a lot of uh, leaders are doing right now is they're solving symptoms. And it, it, as soon as you start solving a symptom, then you have this committal of time, some time, and it becomes really hard to get out of that cycle. So uh, I would say that uh, when you're engaging initially with a, with a challenge or when you're engaging with a consultant or anybody, I think it's really important to be able to, you know, properly ask the question why without being worried about the, answer like mm-hmm. what drives what is really important because there's a lot of treating of symptoms and the whole world is changing very very quickly like what do i teach my kids in school mm-hmm. right like do you go do an mba do i um start a company or do i lead a division do i become the ceo of this company do we launch this new division all of this stuff could be driven by me taking a couple steps back but what happens with business leaders is usually too late. We usually either raise the money or they've got the CEO job. So what I like to do is work with leaders who have the ability to actually commit to like doing something different. They don't have to be good at changing behavior. That's what we work with them on. It's not complicated, but it's, it's hard to build stuff, but, uh, um, you have to do it differently. I think that that's what I see is people trying to do the same thing over and over again. And expect mm-hmm. result. But Ben, to close, can you please tell us where we could find more information about you? I mean, the Founders Institute's uh, scale driver or anything else you'd love to share with the listeners today? Sure. Well, um, the easiest place to find information on if you're a uh, an executive who wants to build innovation as opposed to just buy or invest in it. That's scale driver. That's um, scale driver.com mm-hmm. like S E A L E D R I V E R.com. And then the founder city project is um, for founders and employees who want to become better at scaling and growing, um, make fewer mistakes, kind of fill that gap of uh, um, that sort of that peer gap that, become part of this community where people are going to actually help you. So that's the foundercityproject.com. So foundercityproject.com. And uh, either that or just ask anyone in Toronto what's Ben's email address. And I bet you'll have pretty good luck, pretty good odds of like someone knowing knowing me or knowing what's uh, what, what's going on, how to get in touch with me. Oh, that's great, Ben. 
Thank you again for your time. And we'll be sure to post the links up on the episode webpage. But again, I appreciate your time for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thanks, Edwin. This is great. And congratulations on all your success. That's it, folks. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast, episode number 49 with Ben Baldwin. If you want to learn more about Ben, Scale Driver, the Founder Cities Project, or anything else we discussed, please head over to thebusinessleadership.com slash 049. Thank you to Slingshot VoIP, leaders in business voice AI technologies for the support of this episode. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our monthly newsletter to find out about recent guests, events that are coming, and also special to the newsletter, who's coming up, and any other special offers that are provided by our guests and our sponsors. Go to businessleadership.com slash newsletter. Thank you again for your time. And until next time, Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.